There, am I on? Awesome. I'm, how is everyone doing? Good? Is, I can clap. We're doing good? Awesome. I'm so glad that everyone's doing good. Am I on? I'm on? Yeah, I'm on. It's weird because I can't hear myself. But guys, I'm so glad that we're outside again. I know inside was great and we had some great experiences, but I love being outside. The weather is a little cold right now, but I'm super excited to be out here. So without further ado, Nick also introed me a little bit in the talk. And so, yes, we are starting a new series. This series, like Nick said, we are, we are tackling the big faith questions. And this is a six-week part series. And my question tonight is, why should we care? Why should we care about God? Why should we care about Christianity and religion in general? And so, yeah, so before I jump into this passage, I'm going to give us a little understanding on what John is going to talk about. So we're going to be looking at 1 John, the, the letter, not actually John the gospel. And so now I'm going to explain what a mission, wait, actually, does anyone know what a mission statement is, like a company's mission statement? I saw Michelle's hand, but I see, I see not a lot of answers, but that's okay because I have the answer on the screen. So a mission statement is a short statement where they are, wait, a short statement, who they are, why an organization exists, what's their overall goal, and, I, and ident identifying the goal of its operations, what kind of product, blah, 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 you understand. It's really what it is, is what a who a company is, why they exist, or what are they, what are they trying to do, what is their goal, and, and in that, I feel like there's this, there's, how, do we, how do we look at this? Like, how, how do we jump in this product? This mission statement should make you want to buy into this product. And so I'm, I have a few examples of mission statements that we will look at, and then, uh, and then we can jump into the passage. So the first example of this company's mission statement is Apple. So it says, Apple is dedicated to the empowerment of man to making personal computing accessible to each and every individual so they can help change the way we think, work, learn, and communicate. So we will look at the, well, let's break it down into the three pieces that a mission statement takes. So we look at the who of a mission statement. So we see this is Apple. Now everyone knows what Apple, like I have an iPhone right here. Most of us have iPhones. I know a lot of people, there's a controversial like Apple versus Android. I, I see this stuff all the time. I'm telling you, pro Apple. I love Apple. So we see Apple is who the company is. And so then we see the what, such why the company does what it does. So the, what, is, what is the company's purpose? The purpose is to help change the way we, we think, work, learn, and communicate. So that's the, the who we see who it is and the what is the purpose of the company. Now let's look at the, the how. How can we become a part of this? How can we buy into this, this, this mission statement? I don't want to lose my papers. I was worried about that earlier because of wind. But that, that being said, so we see the house, and so we see making personal computing accessible to each and every individual. We want to buy into their products. We want that personal computing. We want that stuff. So then we can then create, help create change, think about the way we think, the, the, in the way we think, the work, learn, and communicate. And so now I have a few other examples of companies that we all enjoy so we can better understand how John is, is breaking down this passage. And so here's my second one, Starbucks. Starbucks' mission is to inspire and nurture the human spirit. One person, one cup, one neighborhood at a time. And so we see again, the who is, the, is Starbucks. It's pretty clear. What is their purpose? It is, the mission is to inspire. I need everyone to be, shh, boys. Mission is to inspire and nurture the human spirit. And how? It's one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. We buy into that. Once we buy in, then we are then creating change. I have one more for the sports fans out there. Um, and that is 
you guys, it doesn't, so this company, it doesn't actually tell you the name of the company, but it is, we are all stewards of football. This is the NFL's mission statement. We unite people and inspire communities in the joy of the game by delivering the world's most exciting sports and entertainment experience. To unite communities and inspire them through exciting sports entertainment delivered through the game. So again, who they are, they are stewards of football. It's the NFL. What is, their, what is their purpose? We unite people and inspire communities in the joy of the game by delivering the world's most exciting sports and entertainment. And how do they do that? Through ex- exciting sports and entertainment through the game. So now, now that you guys understand what a mission statement is, you understand the three pieces of what a mission statement takes for a company. Now we'll then jump into the passage and, realize, and, and break down how John is trying to communicate about this. And so... If you have your Bibles or you have it on your phone, you can open up to 1 John 1, uh, 1, 1, and we're going to be reading one, just actually the first verse. And so, yeah, and so, I mean, I know, it's crazy. 1, 1, there's a lot of ones there. And so, yeah, and so we'll pull it up on the screen. So this is the verse. That which was, we'll read it. It says, man, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we, we, which we look upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. See, we look at this. This is, this is such a who statement. I know it's kind of confusing. When I first looked at this passage, I was like, what is John talking about here? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. But the more and more I spent time in this, and the more and more I understood what he was trying to say. And so we look at this from the who perspective. There's such a revealing nature to this first verse. See, we look at it, it says, from which the beginning. That's such a big statement. Like, he reveals himself through creation there. See, he goes right to Genesis. He, he literally goes, from which the beginning. When God created the earth, when he created everything, it was from the beginning. God reveals himself. Jesus Christ reveals himself in creation. So we see that from the, which the beginning, we see that. And um, yeah, and then he, then he, re, he reveals himself um, through the word. So what he does is, and I think this is so cool, and is the Bible is God's way of communicating to us. And so John, John, he's use, using John to speak through the Bible and speak and tell us about this and proclaim his name. And so he re- reveals himself in the text in general, like this whole passage, the whole Bible, like he is revealing himself to the word. It says that in the last um, line is like the word of life. And so now as we look at this, God reveals him. He then reveals himself in like completely, he reveals, he reveals himself completely. So another, another word, another name for Jesus Christ in the Bible and it's used um, in reference before is Jesus is called the word of life. The word of life signifies him as the preexistent one who has created all things and the source for all life, spiritual and physical. He completely reveals himself. So we see who he is, we see him reveal himself through creation we then we see him reveal himself in the word. And then we see him re- reveal himself completely in like the whole nature of who he is and the, the pre-existent, the physical. That almost takes us back to, again, the pre-existent, the bef- when, before, when that which was from the beginning, like this whole nature of this whole situation. And so like, yeah, like God, can, um, God shows us who he is in this first passage. So Jesus Christ is, so I think this is really cool. And when I was looking at it, I thought this was really cool. And so it says, Jesus Christ is to us what our words are to others. See, a lot of times our words reveal to others just what we think and how we ultimately feel. Christ reveals the mind and heart of God. 
because Jesus became the living communication from God. See, when we came down to earth and when they wrote this Bible, he then was the communication through God. And when he came and actually stepped on the earth and walked, God is revealing himself to us in this passage and he's showing us who he is and stuff like that because Jesus is the ultimate bridge to God from over sin and death. See, I love this because... Um, it's just a, such, a, such a reference, reference again, to the first John, John the Gospel, um, where he talks like, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, I mean, was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. Like I said, like, he is there. He's omnipresent. He has been there through it all. He's revealed himself in every facet before, now, and in the future. And I think that is just such a cool thing because that is the truth. So now, so now that we understand somewhat of who God is in this passage. And we see um, like this mission statement, as we look at this from this mission statement perspective, we see who God is. Now let's investigate like the what and what is John's mission statement about Christ? Like what is he trying to sell us about Christ? Um, so we know a little bit more about who God is and that's great. But again, I think that, like I said, the, the question of tonight's talk is why do we care? Like why, why do we care about religion? And I feel like, yes, the who is great, but like, let's, what's in it? Like, what are, we, what are we gaining out of this? Like, what is God's purpose? What is all these things? And I think the second verse, second John 1, 1 John 2 through 4 now explains that. And so now let's jump into that. I'll have it on screen right here. And that says, the life was made manifest and we see it and testify to it and proclaim to it the eternal life, which was the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is, is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. See, the first thing, the first line, it says, that life was made manifest to us. For those who don't know the definition of manifest, it is to be clear or obvious to the eye or mind. Life in Jesus is made clear and obvious to, the, to our eyes and mind when we proclaim his name. It says that in verse two. When life in Jesus, Jesus Christ is made clear and obvious to our eyes and mind when we proclaim his name. And that proclamation is such a big point, and I'm gonna get to that again, but I wanna hit this other big point because I think it's such a, it's a, it's a question that I asked when I was looking through this passage. And I, I, I look at this and, and John talks from personal experiences. When you hear this, is that's which we have heard, blah, 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 like all that stuff. He explains it. He, is, he has been there. This is firsthand. Like he walked with Jesus. See, it's like John literally was with Jesus. He slept with Jesus. He broke bread with Jesus. He, like, he watched Jesus do miracles. Like he literally saw Jesus do these things. Um, and that's, it's, it's great and all, but that's not why John Believed. That's not why John stayed with Jesus. See, it wasn't the physical nearness that brought him, but it was the spiritual nearness. He didn't have to just see Jesus. He already trusted and had faith without seeing it. See, I think this was so cool. It's not the apostles' physical nearness to Jesus Christ that made him the way they were. It was their spiritual nearness. They had committed themselves already to the Savior and their Lord, that Jesus was their Savior and their Lord. Jesus was real and he was exciting to them and his colleague, John and his colleagues, because they trusted in him. By trusting in God and Christ, they have experienced eternal life. See, John is telling, telling us to trust in him. He's explaining that when, now that we know who God is, that we need to trust and believe and, and have faith in Christ, because then that's when we experience eternal life. And I think that's such a cool thing. And see, the last point is, see, proclamation leads to true joy and fellowship in Christ. 
And that is such a huge thing. So I have, a question. I have, a, I have two questions for, for you guys. How many of you guys have been on a missions trip or a serving opportunity or something where you've served? Raise your hand if you have been on something like that. I see a lot of hands. Brady, your hand was up first. Incredible. So within those trips, how many of you have felt like this sense of joy and fellowship? Fellowship is like community, like when you all have something in common, when you're doing one thing for a goal. How many of you felt joy or fellowship on those trips? I see a lot of hands. See, for me, there was this one, I have this, I'm, I didn't want to say this, I exit out in my sermon, but I want to say it because I really enjoy it. So there's one experience in my life where I felt true joy and fellowship, and this was last year's ski trip. Now, rest in peace, ski trips. Ski trips are great, and they're such a great community and way to fellowship and, and be there and talk about God. And in that, I remember we always, you ski and snowboard, and you stay in the lodge, you hang out with your friends the whole time. And then after you come back, you shower, you play games, and then we have dinner, and then you have program. See, program's great because it's a lot of fun. There's dance in the beginning. You play some cool games. And then the one part that really got me. See, Tommy over there, Tommy walked up on stage and, and we start doing worship. I know everyone turned back. Sorry, Tommy. I didn't mean to give you a shout out there. But Tommy got up there and we started doing worship. As we always sing one little fun song and then we get really into some worship music. And so I can't, I'm, I remember I'm sitting in the back of the room. And I remember I'm sitting there and it just Everyone is just praising God's name. Hands are in the air. And I felt this just overwhelming emotion of joy. Like almost like made me tear. Like I just was so consumed and so overwhelmed with this fellowship. Everyone's coming together. Everyone's just praising God's name. And it just was such an incredible feeling of joy. Now I know, now like when we proclaim his name and we trust in him, we then experience true joy and fellowship. Just like these missions trips and these experiences that you guys are on, and just like the mission statement that Apple and Starbucks there that we saw in NFL, like they are just trying to tell us what they're about and what they're trying to achieve. John is telling us that when we believe in Christ and when we call him, call, call, and when we call his name, we are given true fellowship and joy. And that is such an exciting thing because honestly, it was one of those things where I crave that experience, that, that fellowship, like tonight, like we can all be here and we can just praise his name and we can learn about God and we can hang out in small groups. Like it's just joy. So I had a quote that I'm going to put up and it's, it is, joy is a wonderful byproduct of our fellowship in Christ. Because I think God's not just giving you one or the other. You get both when you proclaim his name in Christ. You get both when you trust in the Lord. And it's such a cool thing. And it's, it's just something that I love. Because what I'm trying to get here is that how, like how much it feels when we give ourselves to Christ and we allow him to work in our lives. So now we know who God and Jesus is somewhat in this passage. And we know what John's trying to tell us, what Jesus's purpose on earth is and how we should be leading. And then this, okay, words, I'm telling you, I'm getting lost. And so here it is now. Now we know who Christ is, what he is trying to do. Wait, what he's about to, man, I'm telling you guys, I'm sorry. I, apparently I can't speak right now. Okay, now we know who Christ is, and now we know who, what he is trying to tell us, uh, and this should be, man, I'm telling you, I just, I'm not, I'm, I can't read this quote for some reason, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I can't read that quote, but what I'm trying to say is, we know who, we know what, and now this should lead you to knowing, like wanting to know how, or how do, can we be a part of this? Man, that was so funny, I don't, I don't know what was happening there. Okay, 
Besides the point, you understand what I'm trying to say. See, John is calling us not only to proclaim his name, because pro- proclamation is such a big thing. It's to, to publicly announce to others, not, not only to ourselves. John is not telling us to proclaim his name for ourselves, but to do it through others. See, that's how we get this fellowship, we get this joy, and we get this, this feeling of true joy is by pro- proclaiming his name to others. These experiences of joy and fellowship should be exclaimed to everyone because they're exciting. We should t- be telling the world about it. We are called by Christ to make disciples and spread the gospel. A really good um, gospel passage by Matthew is really cool, and, it, and I think it's, this is such a great thing. Is Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely, I am always with you to the very end. See, God is calling us to be disciples. That's the how. How do we, how do we buy into this mission statement? How do we buy into this, this company, this, 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 this God? And that's how. By spreading the word and the gospel to everyone. That, that God, that is our purpose on earth. See, John, but the thing is, John's not asking you, like Matthew, in Matthew, to like, baptize people in the street, and convert people left and right. See, John is just telling you to simply share the grand experiences and the wonderful new life through Christ. He's, 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 he's trying to tell you that this, because it should be something excited, exciting to share. I love this because I think for me, it's one of those struggles for me. I feel like as a Christian, I feel like it's so hard to be like, well, I don't want to talk about God, but I'll go to church and I'll praise his name and I'll hang out with my small groups. But I, I, God, I don't, like, I'm not cool if I do that. I, it doesn't look cool, but we should be excited to share it because then, that is then when we feel this true joy. You guys even raise your hand when you, you felt this joy, when you felt these things on those mission trips where you were out of your comfort zone. Because most of the time when, I'm, when God's using me, and, and I'm getting pulled in these directions and talking to people, I'm not comfortable. I'm, I'm growing. I'm scared. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to do that. But he's still calling me to do that. And in that, I feel like I grow even more and I find even more joy in that because that's what God's trying to tell us. That's what he's trying to sell to us. See, when I was doing my research, I love this one quote and it says, fellowship is, in fellowship is Christ's answer to loneliness of life. And joy is Christ's answer to emptiness and hollow, hollowness of life. See, without fellowship in Christ and without fellowship in, in, in Christianity, is we find ourselves so lonely. But that's the great thing. is like we have events like this. We have a church. And we have me, Nick, Alana. We are here to hang out with you. You have all your leaders. Like there's, you should not be loneliness. When we have fellowship in Christ and we spend this with a great Christian community, then we are not lonely. But I also love that like joy in Christ is Christ's answer to emptiness and hollow. Because I think a lot of times we think that like we chase these materialistic things. I know we've talked about materialistic things in the past and I've talked about them too. But, but those things are such temporary satisfactions. They don't truly lead you to, to feeling satisfied. You're, you're still hollow. You're still empty inside. But when we receive God and we trust in him and we buy into his product, we are then given God's true joy. See, Jesus is calling us to proclaim his name, not just for us, but for the benefit of others. Finally, and this is, this is such a big point, it's like, finally, Jesus Christ died on the cross, not just for John's sins, not just for everyone else's sins that, was li- for, that lived back then, but also for your sins. He died for your sins 2,000 years before you were even born so we could experience eternal joy and fellowship and eternal life with him. 
He died before we were even born. He had already died for our sins. That's incredible. He, like, who am I? Who are we? There's so many people in the world, but he died for our sins and, and, and just for us to experience this internal joy and this fellowship and, and, live, and live a life in heaven. See, we learned tonight who Jesus is. He's the bridge to our sins from God. Without him, there is no relationship with God that is possible with God. See, we live in a fallen world. Like I said, we all find ourselves off that path and disaligned with Christ when we chase those materialistic things or we say, hey God, I don't really feel like talking to someone right now. I don't really feel like doing this, but I'll go to church and I'll hang out with my small group or all this, but when I'm at home, see, like that's, but that's not what God's calling us to do. See, again, like I said, we looked at John's mission. We looked at this mission statement that John has laid out for, that, for Jesus Christ as a almost like, a ref, like an analogy to a company like I gave. We've looked at who he is, what is his purpose, and lastly, we looked at how can we be a part of this kingdom. See, I strongly encourage you to think of someone in your life that may be struggling, and it doesn't have to be much. It may be just a, hey, I really enjoyed hanging out with you the other day, or hey, I really enjoyed hanging with you at small group tonight, um, and just spending that time with the God. Or be at, if you're at school, I know a lot of kids are online and it's weird with everything. I don't even understand the schedules now. But just that small, like, hey, like, let's hang out. Or, hey, let's do these things and, like, just walk or just hang out. Like, you don't understand how far that can go. And God planting that seed. God tells us to be fishers of men. He says sowers of seed. There's so many references in the Bible where he's calling us to be disciples and spread the gospel. Because, like I said, there's, there's just there's the, the joy and the fellowship is so important. See, we looked at this, and my main point of tonight is we care because God cared first. Like I, God died two, God died on the cross 2,000 years ago for us. We care, we should care because God cares. He, he's dying not only for us, but to give us joy, fellowship, and eternal life. Like I think we missed the, the, the notion of how big eternal is. Like that is forever. Like I feel like the word doesn't have as much weight. But it's insane. Like he's, All we have to do is re- accept him in our hearts and receive him and live, live that life of discipleship and fellowship. And I know, again, like I said, I've fallen off those paths and we can all fall off those paths, but he's still there waiting for us. We talked about, when I talked about it and Alana talked about it in the prodigal son, the father still waits. God still waits for us even in the midst of those, our struggles and our pains and those hollowness and emptiness. See, we care because God cared first. We, we, we talked tonight, like I said, who God was. We learned who God was. He revealed himself through creation in the word and he revealed himself completely. We learned that when we proclaim his name, we are then given true joy, fellowship, and his incredible thing. We learned that when we trust in God, that he has always got our backs. See, Man, I just, I, when God told me this, like we care before God cared first, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm like, oh my gosh, that is why we care because he looked at us and cared for us first. Oh man, that's where I'm gonna leave it off tonight and we can hopefully have some great small groups. I'm gonna pray us out and then Alana is going to dismiss us in small groups. So everyone bow your head. Shh. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask you, that tonight in our doubts and in our lives that we can now truly understand who you are and why we care. Lord, I ask that you open our hearts and our ears to your word, that we can hear your calling to be disciples and proclaim your name to the world. 
Lord, I thank you for the times where I felt this immense joy in this fellowship on those trips, Lord, and with my small group and leading in my small group and, and in those ways that you grow me. Lord, I ask that in this time that you can bring these great discussions on who you are and why we care and what you are and how we can buy in, better buy into your word, Lord. I pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen.